Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Getting a no from a journalist is a good thing. It means that you're putting yourself out there and you're closer to that one yes that can literally propel you into the next level. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, my name is Madison Kuhn, and I'm currently a web developer for Maricopa County's Library District. I've been listening to Esprit's Women in Tech podcast for about a year now, and I started listening when I was ending my degree over at university. It really did give me a positive outlook during those times where it felt so hard for me to relate to my peers. I can fullheartedly say that all the stories and women you hear about in the podcast truly do reflect women in tech as a whole. Their stories that they share are inspiring, motivating, and sometimes they are just hilarious to hear. Esprit has truly cultivated what being a woman in tech is. If you'd like, you can connect with me through Instagram or YouTube by searching my handle, The Hippie Hacker. If you too want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. I was watching my friend Denver's Instagram stories and he had this big right board and he had his June goals. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. And so I, my friend Chloe gave me her right board actually just recently. She was moving. And so I put monthly goals and progress at the top. And I can't tell you how much clarity just to have it. It's charted out. So I have the list of like the offerings and the start and the end and the goal. And Denver's a musician. So he had like his TikTok goals um, of like how many followers or views he's at right now, what his goal is, and then what the end result is. And I think it's really cool. And what I called June was experiment month. And so I think this is going to be great. Like every day I'm thinking about, you know, how do I make sure that I'm on track and really making them tangible? And one interesting thing that I did was I made the goals really, really, really low because I learned from Atomic Habits that 1% change creates the biggest impact overall. And so our mind, when we achieve the goals, can accomplish that much more. So when we set a goal that's like too so crazy that that we don't achieve it sometimes our mind shuts down and so I think there's a like a really good balance between being really optimistic and setting a huge goal and aiming for the stars I'm definitely an aim for the stars kind of person but also doing that mental practice of like you know when you make your bed first thing in the morning you've already accomplished something so um yeah how do you do your goal setting let me know reach out um on twitter on instagram on facebook wherever wherever you'd like to find me all right enjoy the next episode 
in Tech podcast celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest. It is a special edition episode. I know all of you are wondering how do I get more exposure, and especially in the super unusual times, we have Gloria from New York joining us today to talk about her program, Startup PR Pack. I found it super random as I was searching and researching on the blog. And I asked if she would be on the show because I thought the insights and information she shares is so helpful to our community. She is not just a woman in tech. She has helped empower so many women in tech to get their startups off the ground. So a little bit different of today's episode is it won't be so much focused on her story, but it's going to be focused on the story of the people that she has empowered. Welcome, Gloria. Woohoo! Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Of course. So, Gloria, go ahead. Just to kick things off, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So, really simple. My mission is to help early stage founders who are still building their companies, helping them get the exposure they need, making sure that they know what their angle is so that they can put into motion the right steps so that they can spread their message on a bigger platform. And you're particularly excited and authentically excited about empowering women. Um, Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, it's, it's really interesting that you say that is because I am neither a PR person in the sense that I never worked at an agency and I never worked at a tech firm. So I actually came into tech because I just wanted to see people win and I loved tech and I wanted to merge those two things. Um, I actually was a U.S. diplomat before this and I just realized that if I can do it, anyone can. So my methods might be very different than what the agencies do. I don't do things the way that maybe people are used to, but it works because I've literally done the work and called thousands of newsrooms, getting tons of no's to come up with what works and what doesn't. And I'm so glad to be teaching that to the founders who need it the most. And just to give you guys a little bit insight, and I'd love for Gloria to share some of the impact that she's had, some of the uh, people that she's helped. But first, how I discovered Gloria. So randomly, her Loom, and if you guys don't know what Loom is, it's a video site where you could share your screen, you could share um, you could share your face. And her Loom is describing about her startup PR pack. And I watched her Loom to see everything she offered. And I'm like, man, this is great. What an empowering way to really be relatable and authentic to the customers that you want to attract. And I started doing more research on her. We got on a phone call. I thought she was just great. I heard about her passion for women. And then I heard about the stories of how she's helped women in tech succeed. And I asked, I'm like, would you mind sharing some of those insights on the interview? And that's what brings her here. So Gloria, can you tell us a little bit about the women that you've helped? Yeah, for sure. You know, the thing I love about women founders is that they're not just entrepreneurs, right? We're all entrepreneurs. We're all builders, but they genuinely get it in the sense that they're all about not just the product, but how can I make a ripple effect to help women connect, to help them spread their message, to give them values, to give them tools, to give them a sounding board if they're having a rough day. That's what's so special, I think, about women in tech as opposed to just, you know, like like other other networks of people is that I really do feel like there's such a community um, power. And, you know, the other day I just did a PR starter pack for a woman who's a commercial truck driver and she is making an app to make driving more safe. And so that you can have an updated 1-800 kind of how's my driving, driving performance feedback, but using technology and not just relying on a sticker. So she's like trying to change this 1-800 how's my driving, very antiquated things to improve lives. And we just totally got along. I, I also did 
uh, another starter pack for a woman who was a master sommelier, right? She did wine classes in Julia Child's home for like the royal family. And she's been doing virtual wine tastings for years, like before COVID, before anything. And I literally, as I was on the phone with her, I Googled virtual wine tasting. And guess what I found? I found all these other people who were mentioned on Forbes, on like New York Times, on Food and Wine magazines who had half the experience that she did, right? She's been doing this for 23 years, but they were the ones being featured because she just wasn't in the place to know exactly how to pitch to journalists, even though she had so much experience. So this is what I'm trying to avoid. It's the people who really know their stuff to be sidelined by people who really don't know their stuff, but is willing to pitch their product. So that is really why I exist. And nothing makes me happier than to solve this problem. And if I remember correctly, you've helped some founders even raise money. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I, th- I think part of my work is just empowering women to really translate their story, not only from an empathetic point of view, right? I think it's so important to understand as a founder that like how you sell your product is very different than how you maybe talk to a journalist or like how you can empathize with people. So some of the work that I do is helping them with their script before they actually go like in front of an investor community or if they're doing like a video for like their crowdfunding. I think I think storytelling is something that you, is so, so important for women. And if you can just dig a little deeper and draw that empathy bridge, usually you're able to get a much, much better response for whatever funding you're trying to raise. Can you share a little bit? Um, I mean, there's just so much about you and what you do. I think but before, uh, not to leave any cliffhangers, can uh, I know we've talked a lot about between you and I, the, the startup PR pack. Can you just tell us what that is? And you guys, I just want to make a disclaimer that this is not a commercial. I legit think what she's doing is so cool. And I just think it would be helpful to all of us, including me. And so tell us what that means when we keep using the term startup PR pack. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That that really means a lot. You know, because I've never worked at a PR agency, my process is completely f- untouched by what that means. So I'm really able to create and innovate in a way that I see ba- based on feedback from my community, right? So basically, you know, the PR model is you work on a retainer basis like any other consultant, but COVID hit and I lost 50 grand worth of projects because let's face it, it's not, you know, cancer surgery. I'm not saving the world through what I, you know, donating organs. So I know that PR is not something that people in COVID is like, let's sign a monthly retainer. So then I thought, how can I still help founders when they are still needing to pivot their messaging outside of the model of what PR usually is? How can I productize something that is so not productizable, right? And so what I did is I figured out that basically you need three things to pitch. Well, you need two things to pitch. A, you need your media list. The first step is who are you going to pitch to? Who are the people who are covering your industry, right? The media gatekeepers. Without that information, you're spending days, if not months, like literally on Google searching. And that's just not feasible. Number two is you need to know your pitch. Now, a lot of founders think that their product pitch is a pitch that they're going to use for the press. And unfortunately, journalists are not you know, vehicles for you to spread your ad. They're humans. They care about a story that's relevant. So how can you turn your product pitch into something that a journalist would want? Right. And so that's what I'm really good at. So basically stuffed everything into this one bite-sized package. It has your media list. It's got two angles that I flush out with you. I run a trends report of all the keywords that are in media. So you know exactly what words are highlighted and it's got curated proprietary strategies. Usually, you know, a PR agency would probably have three months of work with you before they give you this and it's under $500. So it's kind of more like you're fishing and I'm teaching you how to fish. I'm giving you the rod right? And I'm, I'm supporting you so that you can do it yourself, but then like have expert guidance as well. 
I love it. I love it. And I think it helps so many of us. So what are some of the common mistakes? You've talked about this already a little bit. What are some of the common mistakes people make when trying to do a press outreach campaign? I know earlier on a call offline, we talked about how great it is to set up Google Alerts to see what journalists are writing about that. So let's assume we have a Google Alert set up for our category and our topic or our product. And now we see what journalist has written about it. And let's say we found that journalist's email. What's a mistake we make when we do the outreach? Well, first of all, if, if you are already in the place where you're taking those proactive steps, you already solved 50% of the problem because so often the founders who are doing incredible things, the number one limiting belief is, oh, we're too early stage or, oh, we're not quite ready yet. And then, and then the example of the master sommelier being sidelined by some, you know, young dude happens because you think you're not ready. So if you're actually like in a place where you're like, let's do this, I, I applaud you because that is the number one thing that stops founders from achieving their greater, greater potential. Now, if you are ready to pitch, you have a media list, you're sending it out. You know, I have a whole, and I can give you this, I have like a downloadable sheet, which is like my quick tips on how to pitch, when to pitch, how long should it be, do's and don'ts. But you basically want to use, well, for me, you know, I, I, I made the CPR method from thousands of pitches that I did. Again, I didn't have agency contacts. I literally cold called. So if I can do it, you can too. And I found that whenever my pitches get replied to, they usually had three elements. Are you ready for this? This is my CPR method. I love it. <laughs> so C stands for credibility. You need to be able to vet yourself in one sentence why they shouldn't keep reading, right? Why why you're in the, uh, you know, why you're an authority on this topic. It doesn't mean that you need to be published, but it could just be literally like I am a thought leader and one of the few female like commercial truck drivers like, you know, revolutionizing this industry, right? Boom, that's your C. Now the P stands for point of view. It means that you've done research and you can basically point to a bigger trend that's happening in society. Because again, the journalist is trying to, they want relevance. They don't want product, you know, ROI. So what is the, what is the point of view that you're saying? So for example, I worked with another female founder who was doing a video interview app to get people hired during COVID because virtual interviews are the only way people are hiring. So, so when we fleshed out the pitch for her, the point of view was that because of COVID, Fortune is favoring the young and people with access to technology. So it's actually, you know, creating an uneven playing field. So that was her like point of view component. And then CPR. So the R stands for relevance. Like why should the editor publish this now and not five years from now? Right. And so obviously, you know, the COVID job hiring being all online, like that was her relevance. It could be uh, like if you are doing a financial, like a fintech, it could be a piece of tax law that's changing, right? Anything that's seasonal, it could be Black Friday hiring. If you're in retail tech, anything that's seasonal, anything that's timely, anything that has to do with changing laws, that's always going to make an editor actually look through your email and be tempted to call you back for that interview. I love it. I absolutely love it. Can we talk a little bit about how you positioned the startup uh, PR pack? Because I think it's something that everybody listening, you know, there's so much going on where people have lost their jobs and where, quite frankly, a lot of people are losing hope that anything is possible. And I'd love to show that example of what's possible. So can you walk us through the process? How did you come up with the idea of creating the Loom video of becoming really clear on your offering and then of how to put together the video, like what to include in the contents of the video and then how to share that video with the community at large. Do you, would you mind sharing that, your process there? You know, it's so funny. I used to think my biggest weakness and disadvantage was the fact that I never came from an agency 
background, right? Agencies wouldn't hire me because the first question was, well, do you work for an agency? And it's like, well, I don't. Um, so I had to do it myself. And because I never had those contacts and the blueprint of it, I'm able to innovate. And, you know, I, I, I'm a big proponent of like showing people and not telling people. And there's a lot of webinars I've been on lately that shows you all these skills, all these techniques, really, really meaty, but they don't actually show you. So every time I do a webinar, every time I put out anything, I want to give you examples of this is my CPR method. This is exactly how it's provided. Right. And I think a lot of times people, you know, in like, you know, the corporate world, they're trying to make money, right. They're trying to run a business. So they kind of lose out on that showing people. And they're more about like telling people about like the product and what you can get. So, you know, using Loom um, is just an extension of how I like to show people instead of just telling people. How did you come up with the idea to present this? And then how did you start to share it? Like, how did you share it and let people know it existed? Stick around. We'll be right back after the break. We would not be able to support and celebrate women in tech around the world if it weren't for you. Thank you so much for being a listener and a fan of the show. To contribute and donate, simply go to womenintech.fm on the upper right-hand side and click Donate, which empowers us to continue celebrating women in tech around the world. Thank you for being a part of our journey. How did you come up with the idea to present this? And then how did you start to share it? Like, how did you share it and let people know it existed? You know, that's a funny thing that you asked because I literally made this live on my website like less than 30 days ago. And I've already had so many female founders who are who are using it. Um, I actually still never made it public. Like I've never marketed this and I never put on LinkedIn like, Hey, I'm doing this. Like, I just, I don't, I don't feel like that's the best way to use my platform. Like I'm doing lots of free trainings. And if people go on my website, they happen to see it great, but I never really made any kind of marketing push. I spent $0 on this. And, um, I spent all of my time doing free webinars and trainings and that alone is like a full-time business. So I would, I actually would like some bandwidth to like market this, but loom and using the video and showing people like showing people exactly what it is, I think is so key right now in COVID because everyone is like just so strapped for cash. Even asking anyone to like invest in you, I think that's a big trust thing there too. So I'm just really grateful that that I am communicating with my audience and that people are entrusting me during this time when resources are spread really thin. And how did those initial women who have already hired you, how did they find you? Well, there's a couple Slack um, Slack channels that I'm in. I Fund Women is one of them. And I Fund Women is just a wonderful, wonderful platform where women of all colors, of all backgrounds come together and support each other. And so I had, you know, I, I'm always sharing like my trainings on there. And I think somebody just went onto my website and, and bought it. And then after we did that, she posted how much she loved it. And then people have just been organically going um, on there. So that's, that's really how it's been done, which is very grassroots. And I still to this day haven't really made a marketing push for it. One thing that I'm excited to ask you, because I know it's a question popping up for everybody because I hear it every single day. It's like, but Gloria, if I share everything, why would someone then hire me? <laughs> that is, you know, and, and I know you know this as well. That's another limiting belief, right? You've interviewed so many experts. The the scarcity mindset that holds us back that, you know, if I share this, then there's not, you know, or if I tell other people, they're going to copy me. Like all those are in the umbrella of limiting scarcity beliefs that this is a zero sum game. And, and it's just not true. And in fact, the more I share things, the more I make things free and downloadable. Like I just made a media templates download and I am not an Excel person. 
person. So my poor boyfriend had spent like five hours like trying to do all the drop down <laughs> menus to make it like really perfect for people. So you can literally go on my website right now, go on gloriachildpr.com and download a free media template. Now it's not going to have every single journalist in there for you because I don't know what industry you're in, but at least you have a system to organize yourself. Right. So that's, I mean, that's really like my mission and, and that's, that's what I live for. And can you spell your name for your website for everybody so that they could have it super easy? And you guys will also, of course, include it in the show notes. Yeah, it's uh, Gloria Chow. So it's it's C-H-O-U, actually. So GloriaChowPR.com. And luckily, knock on wood, there's only one person out there with this name who has you know a PR agency. And, and knock on wood, if you do Gloria Chow PR Starter Pack, there's only one person that's doing that too. So Oh, and can people also find you on LinkedIn or where do you connect on social? Yeah, you know... Um, Social is, is, you know, it, like we just talked about this. It's like so many platforms, but LinkedIn is one platform that I am constantly delivering tons of free trainings and values. And I actually tag a lot of female founders who may not have even worked with me on like journalist inquiries. Cause I have a lot of journalist friends on LinkedIn. And so a lot of times they'll be writing a story or they'd be like, Hey, I need to speak to someone, someone and I'll like tag them. And then sometimes it works that they've been featured. So LinkedIn is really good for that. I'm a really big proponent of LinkedIn. It really works well for my, for myself. So, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm also on YouTube, which is something I just started to do because I did nice. a video. <laughs> Thank you. I did a video with a career contessa, which is an incredible platform for women on my CPR training, right? So I actually break that down for CPR. So if you want a video version, just go on a YouTube and type in Gloria Chow career contessa. Um, and I'm also on Instagram. So, and I just out of, you know, genuine curiosity. And I think everybody else may gain value knowing this too. You say your YouTube channel's new. So is that scary? And what is your strategic plan in the channel? What should we expect from your YouTube channel? You know, it's, I never thought that after launching this PR in a box that I have to become like a marketer and have a, but now that I have a quote unquote product, you know, when people in an industry that's not really productizable, I'm having to do, you know, having to figure out all these systems. Um, So YouTube is new for me. So, you know, I would say there's not so much content there right now. LinkedIn is still my number one place and it is scary, right? One of the things that I vowed to myself this year was that if I was going to show up in a bigger way, if I was going to connect with people more then I have to get on video. And I know there's listeners out there right now who are afraid to get on video, who are afraid to post themselves. But trust me, the rewards will be worth it and you will resonate with your audience according to your level authenticity. So it feels uncomfortable to hear yourself and to be on video and, you know, but just do it. Just push past the fear. Trust me, you're going to, you're going to not regret it. And just a couple last questions. One is what is the difference between PR and marketing? So, you know, I I like to give this example, (laughs) which is that let's say a man and a woman are on a date, right? And the man is telling the woman how wonderful he is. He has a great job, his family, he's, you know, this and that. He's very charming to her and saying all the right things. That's marketing. Now, if the woman goes home and her most trustworthy friend calls her and say, hey, you know that guy that you were on a date with? He's a really, really amazing guy. And he's done this and he knows this person and he's really a keeper. That is really the power of PR. (laughs) So it's getting endorsed by someone else. I've never heard it described that way before, and I absolutely love it. I want to, just before we wrap up, I want to dive into a little bit about your journey. What would you say is one of the biggest obstacles you've had in your career that you successfully overcame, and how did you overcome it? Oh, God. For me, the central theme in my life is every time I'm afraid to do something because I'm afraid of rejection, and I do it, and I get rejected, and I maybe do it and get rejected again, 
I always move forward in whatever direction it is that I'm going, right? So I came up with the CPR method by literally calling the operator of CNBC Newsroom and calling my way up until I got to the editor's desk and got my no-name clients who didn't even have a finished product onto CNBC. So I had to face all those rejections in order to get to that yes and to figure out what works and what doesn't. I never had an agency to tell me this is what you do. The, here's your book of contacts. So it, it sucked, to be honest, and, and, and it sucks to be rejected. But that is the one thing that I will tell everyone, especially as founders, right? Because when you do pitch your story, you basically are opening yourself up to rejection. It's a human nature thing to offer your story up and have an editor be like, no, thanks. Like, no one likes to hear that. I get that. But push past the fear and you might just be able to get onto a platform and share your message with tens of millions. So, so that's just one thing. If you don't remember anything in this interview at all, just remember that getting a no from a journalist is a good thing. It means that you're putting yourself out there and you're closer to that one yes that can literally propel you into the next level. It's so funny. One of my favorite pieces of advice from my mom is every every no is one step closer to a yes. And essentially, you just said that. I'm like, it's the first time I heard it in a new way. What is the best piece of advice you think you, you've gotten? And I'm sure you've gotten so much, but one thing that stands out. Ooh, one thing that stands out for me is, you know, I went through a really hard time when I left the diplomatic service, right? Because on one hand, I was looking at a career that would set me up for life. I'm looking at 20 years, I would get a pension, my kids would go to the best, best schools, and I had a you know prestigious career. And to walk away from that without really knowing what the next step was, because it wasn't like I had a huge contract waiting for me. It was just kind of like, now is your time. That was really tough. And and that was, I, I would say, kind of the, the pivotal theme in my in my career. So look, not everyone is going to, you know, I'm not saying you should quit your jobs right now without another one lined up. Right. But I'm saying that look at the unknown, not as like a, such a scary thing that you really need to shy from, but just try to like, see how you can still take calculated risks and do something uncomfortable every day. That's not going to threaten your business. It's not going to like, you know, pull the plug on everything you're doing, but take a little risk here and there and get comfortable with stepping into the unknown, right? Same thing with failure. And then once you're really comfortable with the unknown, you're really going to be able to seize the opportunities that are in front of you that before you might have thought wasn't for you or you're not ready. And it's so scary, but that is where we grow. (laughs) And last two questions. What is your favorite book? Oh my God, that's so hard. Oh, okay. I love Brene Brown. I think she is awesome. She talks a lot about vulnerability. So it's probably any book by Brene Brown. That counts. And your favorite tech tool could be mobile app, hardware, software, website. I love Loom, right? That's how you found me. Of course. Yeah. So Loom, so if you are a founder, right, and you are spending all your time with your messaging and your pitch decks, again, why not just step into that unknown and make a video? Because you're able to instantly connect and show, not tell people, but show people what you're doing. And that is the reason why I'm here talking to you today, today, because, you know, to be honest, if you just saw my um, LinkedIn or some, you know, my website, you might not have actually reached out to me. You're a busy lady. You know, a lot of people are trying to get on your radar because of that video that I showed you, not told you is why I'm here today. So I would encourage people to do that. It's that video drew me in. Then you had the website to go to, but then you offered, which is something I I don't, I offer it too, but I also don't believe in it at the same time. You offered to connect on an introductory call, like a 10 minute call to say hello. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel conflicted about those like coffee chats because 
Sometimes they could be time wasters, like people taking advantage of time. And and I do offer them too because I, I haven't fully decided yet, but I am incredibly busy. And so I'm constantly reassessing, like, is my time being invested in a way that not only energizes me, catapults my team around me forward and serves the community all in tandem. But then in this case, we got on that call. I was like, well, I just... I was, I, I was on, I told you when we spoke, I was on the fence. It's like, I was really interested, but I wasn't sure if it was the right fit. So by talking to you, I felt like I would find out if it's the right fit for me. And in that, I'm like, oh, wow, she's awesome. And I see all the value that all of you listening right now could gain. And then that led to her being on the show. So it was really interesting that she had the tools and, and, for lack of a better word, it's a very marketing world, but the funnel in place that led to this opportunity. And she's at, Gloria is absolutely right. If I was just looking at her LinkedIn or I was just looking at a website or even just looking at a social account, there is no way, period, that like she would have been on, on the show right now. Like it, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened at all. Yeah. So get on video and show, not tell is my takeaway for today. And that website that she used for scheduling, which I use too, unless I'm remembering wrong, is you use Calendly, right? And I use Calendly. Yeah, I use Calendly because it has integration with Stripe and, you know, there's different... See, the thing is, we as women, we're very generous with our time. We're taught to take care of other people first, right? And so there are boundaries that we have to do because obviously I can't just get on like 100 free discovery calls with people. Like, there's just no way, right? So Calendly allows you to segment and kind of put a time limit so people know not to expect two hours of consulting when, you know, you're fine to do maybe like a 30-minute call or a 15-minute call. Totally. And also for me, I am able to do it within my boundaries. So when someone says, can I have a coffee chat? I already have a set date in my calendar for coffee chats, which are within my boundaries so that I don't overextend myself. Gloria, thank you so much for investing your time in sharing your insights with others. Remember to connect with Gloria on LinkedIn. Check out her Loom video. I'm so into it. We'll include it in the show notes as well. If you want to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Takes you straight there. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Hey, I'm Gloria Chow based in New York, PR mentor for early stage entrepreneurs and female founders, helping them spread their message on a bigger platform so they can impact millions. You're listening to Women in Tech. Hi, this is Arlen Hamilton, author of It's About Damn Time, How to Turn Being Underestimated into Your Greatest Advantage. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. I feel so grateful I've had the privilege of getting an advanced copy of Arlen Hamilton's new book, It's About Damn Time. She is one of the most inspiring venture capitalists I've ever come across. Her story from having absolutely nothing and being completely broke to being one of the most influential venture capitalists in the world blows my mind. And her book is insanely well written. Right when I picked it up, I didn't want to put it down. She teaches me and us how to become the asset, how to be our best selves, and how to be a person that not only creates opportunity for ourselves, but creates an abundance of opportunity for others. I'm so proud to share her book with you, and I hope you'll pick it up. And I know for sure you'll be just as riveted as I was with each page you turned. 
Get It's About Damn Time at itsaboutdamntime.com. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.